Happy Friday, Story Fam. Thank you for joining me today for Friday Grace and Truth. You know, I think it's a truism that whenever we fall on hard times, people tend to think about church more, we tend to think about God more, we tend to pray more. And it really lends itself to the old trope, the old argument that religion is just the opiate of the masses or the opiate of the poor. This idea that um, religion is just a coping mechanism, that belief in God is just a way that otherwise uh, uneducated folks might just get through the day, get through the, the hardest days. And so that question has been on my mind a lot. I'd like to wrestle with that a little bit more in today's devotional. So is religion just the opiate of the masses? Sometimes leading a church can feel a little bit like being an emergency room doctor. Except, obviously, the pay is a little different, and my mom isn't as proud of me as doctors' moms probably are. <laughs> I once had a mentor um, in ministry who said that 90% of first-time guests at a church are there due to one of the three C's, he said. They're there because of a crisis in their life, some change in their life, or they've had children recently. In other words, non-religious people or folks seeking out a church rarely think about going to church on Sunday morning unless they've lost their way, like a crisis, lost their job, like a change, or lost their minds, like when you have children. <laughs> My mind's cynical side races back to all the things I used to think and say about faith and religion, like it's just a coping mechanism for people who can't deal with reality. I used to walk past the Christian fiction section at Barnes and Noble and, and chuckle at the redundancy because I thought all Christianity was fiction and I thought I was so smart. I believed back then, as Marx is so often quoted as saying, religion is the opiate of the masses. As a little side note, by the way, Marx never actually said that. It's a favorite quip among anti-religion crusaders, but it's cherry-picked from Marx's much deeper and actually more optimistic reflection about the value and role of religion in society. So I'm going to do something here that I've never done before in a devotional. I'm going to quote Marx, okay? So here we go. This is Karl Marx on religion. Religion is the general theory of this world. It's encyclopedic compendium. It's logic in popular form. It's spiritual point d'honneur. It's enthusiasm. It's moral sanction. It's solemn compliment. And it's universal basis for consolation and justification. It is the fantastic realization of the human essence, since the human essence has not acquired any true reality. Again, if you're just joining us, this is Karl Marx. <laughs> the struggle against religion is, therefore, indirectly the struggle against the world whose spiritual aroma is religion. Religious suffering is, at one and the same time, the expression of real suffering and a protest against real suffering. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. So I hope you can hear in this quote how it's different from just what many of us have heard um, that Marx said about faith or religion or belief in God. It's not just, you know, weak people getting through the day or fooling themselves into thinking something that's unthinkable. He was saying much more than just that. And ever since he said this, Marxists, along with other secularists of most every stripe, have tended to agree that there are like three ways in which humans may cope with our mortality. And the first is some kind of nihilism, right? So the belief that 
life is utterly meaningless and worthless and just do whatever to get through it. Or not. You, you know, it's perfectly fine to just kill yourself and not worry about the stresses of this life. The second way to deal with mortality and, and reality is religion or the belief that while life may seem miserable, may seem meaningless, its real meaning comes from God or the gods. And then there's the third way, which is some form of self-made meaning. So for Marxists, this would be some kind of state. We find our meaning in the state, like a socialist or communist regime or something like that. But for other secular thinkers, coping with mortality or finding meaning within is just a, a matter of creating it yourself, whatever that may be. And philosophers go out of their way to make clear that honest intellectuals only choose one or three. Option two, religion, is only for the underdeveloped minds of common folk and flyover country, the guns and God people. And that goes for all religions, by the way, because according to secular pluralism, all religions are basically and essentially the same. And that's how I used to think about it too. I used to think about religion um, that way. But the last seven years since I met Jesus, or he met me, I should say, in the Holy Land, and I became a follower of his, uh, I've learned a lot. And the last seven years have really helped me to see my old worldview for what it really was. It was just another form of tyranny, really, a thought tyranny, um, disguised as theory. It was a kind of willful ignorance dressed up like magnanimous inclusion. Saying all religions are the same or something like that is just a really easy way to sound politically correct and to sound smart while simultaneously gutting all religions of all their truth claims and all their meaning. You're essentially saying that all religions are wrong by saying all religions are the same. One pastor in Austin put it this way, religious pluralism is a religion of its own. It has its own religious absolute. All paths lead to the same God. And it requires all people of all other faiths to embrace this absolute without any religious backing at all. And there are three things that really kind of bother me about this way of thinking that I find so popular in the world um, when, when secular folks think of church or religion and say things like it's the opening of the masses. First, uh, is this this idea that different religions um, actually say the same thing? And they don't. Different religions say vastly different things about God, vastly different truth claims about reality. And so saying they're all the same is to betray every one of them. It's akin to saying that all people of a certain race look the same or think the same just because you're too ignorant and lazy to do your homework and to notice the vital distinctions between individuals. The second thing that bothers me about this sort of um, elitist secular mindset is that two opposing truth claims obviously logically can't be the same or equal. So religions say different things. Some say love your enemies. Some say destroy your enemies. Those are not the same thing. Those are not equal. And so we have to see them for what they are. And third, um, whenever people make such claims about faith, they tend to miscategorize as religions some phenomena that are better described as worldviews or philosophies or movements. Christianity, for example, I insist, is not a religion, at least not in the modern sense. Christianity is more like a worldview than a religion because it does not offer a moralistic or cosmic transaction like religions do. So church membership, attendance, charity, and 
good behavior provide no guarantee of salvation. And the lack of such good behavior does not condemn a person to hell. So most religions, worldviews, and movements, including Christianity, may share some features in common, but the world has never seen anything like Jesus before or his movement. Our guru is not a man. Our guru is God himself in the flesh. Our book is not just one man's secret discovery on some mountaintop or cave or field. The Bible was authored by over 40 different people in three languages on three continents across three millennia. Our hope is in God's grace, not in our capacity for righteousness. And our mantra is not join this religion or else, get it together or else, or become like us or else. Our mantra is simple, love as you have been loved, love as God first loved you. When cynicism sets in in my heart, it's easy to say, I'm not one of those religious kooks. I'm not one of those people. And then just to lazily lump all religions and religious people into the same opiate of the masses category. But when you're courageous enough to do your homework, bold enough to give Jesus an honest look and patient enough to listen, you might be surprised by what you find. You might find Jesus so compelling that you'll want more and more of him. You might even find yourself longing for church this Sunday, not necessarily because of a crisis or a change or children, just because Jesus is the truth you've been seeking. I hope you'll have a great weekend, and I really hope to see you this Sunday online for worship at 845, 945, or 1105. Bye, everybody. Thank you.